we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Run. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show today. We have a great show for you today, but before we even get into the show, for those of you who are already in the room, welcome aboard Mike W. Egberto, we come in. Believe that. That sounds like Trump 28 with the name Mike W., and Michael Rudnan says, having a bit of a bad day, just watching for a while. Okay, Michael, please get better if it is that there's something wrong with you. Mike W. says, plenty more off days coming, Mike. Michael Rudnan says, no YouTube stream today. Yes, it's on. I am looking at it right now. I'm looking at the YouTube stream as we speak. Please try again because I think it's on. Otherwise, let me know if there's something else. Paul Fleming, ATL checking in. Welcome aboard, Paul. Welcome aboard, Julie Van Osdel. Hi from Lakeville, Minnesota. Egberto Willis, muchas gracias, hermana. Nanette Bird Smith, she says, presente. That's how we say, you know, in Spanish when we go to meetings and that sort of stuff, we have to say, you know, when they say they call your name, we say presente, which means we are here. Uh, YouTube is up. Michael Rudnan just made it. Bridge MCP thought Bruce Castor was really appealing to what a, what their constituents want. I think Trump is going to ask for his money back. He actually said that Trump lost. He said, uh, in, in fact, uh, one of the, one of the uh, guys, uh, you know, I don't remember the name of the lawyer that's always on MSNBC. He just went ahead and, and put a tweet out there and said, do you think Trump is going to pay this guy? To which I replied, no, I don't think Trump is going to pay this guy because the guy admitted that Trump lost. Michael Rudden and Egberto's dad's, Egberto's dad's birthday. First year without... Oh, brother, I'm so sorry. I know the feeling. I went through that. I can really empathize with exactly how you're feeling, sir. We are here for you. Uh, hey, team, team PDR Posse. Let's let's hold it out for our brother here online, Michael Rudnan. Today's the anniversary of his. Uh, today's the birthday of his uh, dad, who uh, j- just died about you know last few months. Rudnan, you have my feeling. I know what it feels like, brother. I really, really, really know what it feels like. 
Uh, stay engaged, brother. Stay engaged. Uh, you know, um, we're, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Okay. Um, let me recalibrate here. Okay. We are going to be okay, Rudnan, and we've got your back, Rudnan, and we are family too, brother. We are family too. Let's get busy. Let's get busy. Okay. Today, what are we going to talk about? We have a very important show today. Uh, actually, it's sort of a leftover from yesterday. We had a whole lot of videos, and we didn't have enough time to go through all of them yesterday because, you know, whenever you guys, I talk to you guys, you guys change the subject, and I enjoy doing that. Eric Hayes, welcome aboard, brother. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Okay, today's show is going to be called, oh, wrong screen, but there's the screen. Uh, today's show, let me refresh that to make sure that we get everything right, make sure that all those things are calibrated okay. All right, Republican politicians cannot escape the insurrection by a sect of Trump supporters and their enablers. I am being very careful in the way I talk about these issues because uh, a Republican friend of mine said, Egberto, um, I, I just want you to know that, yes, I voted for Trump for the reasons that you know. I disagree with him, but he knows that I disagree with him, and he knows that I know. And he says, but you also know we're not all insurrectionists. You also know we're not all racist. You also know all of that, Egberto. So please make sure when you're talking about this to be cognizant of that. You can still hit us up for the things that you know we don't stand for, that you disagree with. But do not put all of us with the malice that you give to the insurrectionists who I give malice to as well. The Republican tells me that. I don't like them. I don't want them. And he, he clarifies all of that. So for that, I'm really trying to calibrate how I'm speaking. But I want all my Republicans here to know when I'm talking about Republicans in the aggregate in general, I'm not talking about those of you who are, con con uh, com are, are conservatives because that's who you are, but that you're basically, you're not, you're, you're good people. You're, you understand what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying. So that's the reason I changed my title. It now says, Republican politicians cannot escape the insurrection by a sect of Trump supporters and their enablers. Okay. It is simple. The insurrection would not occur without incitements by Donald Trump and enabling by Republican sycophants and political leaders. So, with that, let's go ahead and start with the first video, and then we'll kind of break into some of the the ins all the, this insurrectionist uh, debate that's going on right now. Whether it is uh, constitutional to c carry this Trump uh, impeachment trial or not. But anyhow, let's go ahead and get started. Con el primero. The morning show hosts have been doing better jobs on Sunday. I mean, Stephanopoulos really put this senator uh, from uh, Mississippi, I think, on his toes. Take this out, you know. They, they don't realize that uh, it, it, there's tape out there of you saying something. There's tape out there of you taking a position. Try to be consistent sometime. Check this out. Do you condone the president's actions? His legal brief says that at all times Donald J. Trump fully and faithfully executed his duties as president of the United States. Do you agree with that? The charge... George, in the one article impeachment, is that, that he singularly incited a riot to, uh, to invade the Capitol, and, and I do not think that will be proved in the trial, no. 
Do you think the president should be held accountable for his actions on January 6th? Uh, if, if being held accountable means uh, being impeached by the House and being convicted by the Senate, the that is no. Uh, now, if there, are, if there are other ways in the court of public opinion or if, if, some, uh, if some criminal charge um, uh, is, uh, dawns on some prosecutor, uh, perhaps that's, there's another avenue there. But are you my role is to see if the, if the Constitution provides for the impeachment and trial of a former president. And should my be, answer to that is no. And frankly, should you know, he be George, censured? Uh, 45 of us voted to voted to dismiss the charge. Uh, censure was offered uh, by the minority leader in the House of Representatives. He offered that. It was rejected. And in my view, that, that ship has sailed. Finally, sir, you, you, you voted to impeach President Clinton when you were a House member, and when you did so, you cited John Adams and his, his hope that none but honest and wise men inhabit the White House, and then you went on to say this. Mr. Speaker, it is with great regret that I conclude the current occupant of the White House has utterly failed to live up to this standard. I cast my vote for impeachment to protect the long-term national interest of the United States to affirm the importance of truth and honesty, and to uphold the rule of law in our nation. As you know, the president was impeached for lying about an affair. Why is lying about an affair more impeachable than inciting an insurrection? Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm not conceding that, that President Trump incited uh, a insurrection. I'm not conceding that Donald Trump incited an insurrection. It is, it is amazing, uh, cognitive dissonance. It is too amazing that this is how these guys think. But you know what? It is all exposed. Um, Eric, I don't think you're talking about Oath Meters. It's Oak, there's a group called the uh, Oaths, uh, some kind of Oath. Uh, I had a friend in there. It, these are militia guys, right-wing militia guys, I think is what you're talking about. Um, okay, and let's see. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Uh, okay. Anyhow, so as you can see, they want two standards, right? Uh, in other words, when Clinton was being impeached, it was okay. All was good. We're following the Constitution, and he committed a, he, 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 he lied. But of course, uh, Donald Trump didn't lie. Donald Trump lied to the nth degree. But we should forget about that and not impeach. Did you see the beginning? I have, uh, and I'm going to put a link to that I put on Twitter to the video from MSNBC of that 13-minute that video that was released by these guys. It is even more violent than we thought. The insurrection, the attempted coup, was even more violent than we assumed. All arranged by Donald Trump and his cabal. And people say, well, did Donald Trump go and put the... No. He set the environment, and he had his people doing the dirty work. Anyhow, the next video that I want to show you, uh, it turns out that AOC didn't lie. It's about how uh, many of the Republicans uh, go about doing their things to destroy those people trying to tell the truth and to try to tell how devastating the insurrection was. So let's go ahead and do that, and then we'll go to the next one after that. Representative Nancy Mace, Republican of South Carolina. I actually thought she was different. She voted 
if I recall correctly for the impeachment, it seemed like she had a soul. It seemed like it was going okay. But somehow, you remember that movie where Al Pacino said, I try to leave, but they keep pulling me back in, or something to that effect. It seemed like that's what's happening to a whole lot of Republicans. They got a spine, and for some reason, they must have checked the polls to notice that within the Republican Party proper, the ones who vote, Donald Trump is very powerful, and nobody wants to take that stand. Nobody wants to take the moral stand. Nobody wants to take the patriotic stand to start that push back into what we ought to be. And instead, they simply cower. We have a few of them, about 10 of them, that continue to, to try to push on, continue to try to push on. I want you to check this out because uh, Nancy Mace apparently thought that she had to come out against AOC to prove her bona fides to the Republican, the new Republican Party, to the real Trump Party. And how did she do that? By claiming AOC's, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, account of what happened on Insurrection Day, on the unpatriotic, seditious Insurrection Day by several Republican Trump followers that somehow uh, she wanted to get back at AOC because AOC exaggerated, AOC lied. Well, you know who turned out to be the liar? Check this out. And so we go into her office and um, I'm at like a 10, right? Like I am at a full 10, fight or flight, thought I was going to die like 10 minutes ago, then thought I was gonna die again because I have to tell you, we're outside in this hallway alone. I'm banging on this door and I'm thinking, and I'm fully expecting um, one of these insurrectionists to turn the corner with a gun and that it would be over again. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez described her terrifying experience at the Capitol on January the 6th uh, in that Instagram Live video earlier this week. And ever since, conservative media has been trying to smear her as a liar, claiming she exaggerated how much danger she was in because she was not at the Capitol building, which the rioters breached, but in a nearby office building on the Capitol complex. And now her Republican colleague, Nancy Mace of South Carolina, has joined the bad faith attacks on AOC's credibility, tweeting yesterday, quote, I'm two doors down from AOC and no insurrection has stormed our hallway, along with a Fox News article about AOC facing backlash for her account of the events. Nancy Mace piled on even further in an interview on Fox News that afternoon. Not at one moment during the events of January 6th that any rioter or any insurrectionist come down the hallways where our offices are located. I initially you know, took to task the press for making these claims, taking these claims to apocalyptic levels, and, uh, and all I did was state the facts. I live in, in reality. I deal with facts and not fiction. And I said that there were no rioters in the hallways of Cannon. I'm two doors down from you. And, and she lost it today. She doesn't deal in reality. She hasn't been doing that today. I think it's really important that we take members to task when they're not being honest with the American people. Hold on. First off, AOC never claimed there were insurrectionists in our hallway. But more importantly, in terms of the threat, Nancy Mace was there that day too. So what did she say about it at the time? Well, in the midst of the riots on January the 6th, she tweeted about, quote, evacuating her office in Cannon due to a nearby threat. 
a nearby threat. The next morning, she described the danger she felt she was in. At one point, when we were evacuated because of the, the bomb threat, the pipe bomb threat, I was stuck in a narrow tunnel with 100 other uh, people, staff and members of Congress. It was a very dangerous situation. Lives were put at risk. And my message to Americans today is it was a very sad day in our nation's history. It was a very dangerous situation. Mace gave more details to a South Carolina newspaper that day, saying she barricaded herself inside her office during the attack, fearing that Trump supporters she had seen staying at her hotel might t target her. After she voted to certify the electoral vote, Mace said she decided to sleep in her office that night. In fact, she was so fearful in the wake of the attack that she told a local news station she intended to carry a gun on Capitol Hill, saying, quote, I will not be put in that situation again. So, to be clear, Nancy Mace wants to carry a gun and barricaded herself in her office. But AOC is lying about and exaggerating the threat. These people are shameful. We all know the attackers were spread out across the complex. We've seen the images, and the feds are seeing data like this. Those dots are the cell phone locations of insurrectionists inside the Capitol building on January the 6th. It's part of a remarkable set of data being used to identify individuals in the mob with the help of Big Brother. We, now, it, it behooves me, Donald Trump has taught his pew a lot. And this is what he's taught them. Irrespective of all the evidence out there, you may be on tape, you may be on video, you may have written something, you may have tweeted something, you may have texted something. It doesn't really matter. Just lie. And even if the evidence stares you in the face, lie. Because if you live in an alternate state of reality, reality is what you've written, what you've texted, what's on video, and all those things, that's reality. But you're in, a, you, you, you're in an alternate state of reality, and the people who follow you are happy to live in an alternate state of reality, and thus... You don't have to abide by reality. I thought Nancy Mace was different. I thought she was going to be the change. She's young. She's new. I thought she was going to be the change, the new Republican. It turns out that they are so fearful of their base that they won't do it. Change party, girl. The Democratic Party is available, from what they tell me, to people that are blue, to people that are conservative, to people that are progressive, and fight your morals through. Fight what you believe in. We fight what you believe in. Pelea por, por lo que crees. Fight what you believe in. Anyhow, anyhow, anyhow. Uh, one more video before we get to the half, and that is, uh, I, I love this one. And let me tell you why I love this one, okay? Because, you know, there are a lot of these guys coming out right now. Some respectable Republicans leadership. They're coming out now and they're saying, you know, uh, we think Donald Trump did wrong. Or we think this. Or we think that. And, and then the media plays them up. Look how Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney went on the floor and Mitt Romney did the right thing. And, you know, uh, Liz, 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 uh, Liz Cheney did the right thing. And all these responsible Republicans, what they're doing is they're setting themselves up for the next election. Mitt Romney supporting $3,600 for kids? Are you kidding me? A conservative Republican uh, supporting policies that give money to poor kids? Are you kidding me? I tell you what's happening, people. 
mark my word, Mitt Romney will be the major, uh, the major presidential candidate for the Republicans in 2024. They are hoping that the 2022 is going to destroy what's left of the Trump's party. And the cleanup is going to begin with Liz Cheney. It's going to begin with Mitt Romney. It's going to begin with all those Republicans who decided to fight it out, stay, and go against Trump. And they think that will be their rebirth. And if progressives don't do things right, if progressives don't make sure and go big, if progressives don't make sure and make sure people's health care is taken care of, if progressives don't make sure that the Green New Deal starts to give people jobs given a Green New Deal, if progressives don't do all that they say we ought to do because we ought to do it, Mitt Romney, the person who knows all about Bain's capital, how to use capitalism to further screw you even with a smile, Will be. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The next president of the United States. So, folks, let's remember a little bit about these guys that want to be taken seriously now. Check it out. There are a few Republicans coming out. You know, they're wanting to look like the responsible ones now. In other words, they want to call out Donald Trump now. They want to call out the the conspiracy theories and all these things. And some of them, the media has been treating them with respect. Oh, they are so respectable. I want you to listen to Farid Zakaria because he really hits the nail on the head. We're all wondering how the Republican Party, the party of Abraham Lincoln, got to the point that it has an elected member of Congress, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has suggested Nancy Pelosi could be executed for treason cast doubt on the events of 9-11 and speculated that a Jewish cabal used lasers to start California's wildfires. The answer is in plain sight. The continual accommodation of extremism by the party's leaders. This week, the Republican Congressional Caucus declined to censure Green in any way. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy pretended not to even know what QAnon was. In the Senate, Mitch McConnell has finally drawn the line, describing Green's views as loony. But it is too little too late. The party has been encouraging loony views for years. Today, we rightly applaud Mitt Romney for his political courage. But it's worth recalling that when he was running for president in 2012, he craved Donald Trump's endorsement. When he got it, he gushed. There are some things that you just can't imagine happening in your life. Later that year, Romney tacitly endorsed Trump's most noxious lie, birtherism. 
No one's ever asked to see my birth certificate. They know that this is the place that we were born and raised. So if you ever doubt that this was really the entire malfeasance that is the Republican Party was all designed, not just by the loonies, as Mitch McConnell would say, but supported by every single Republican out there at some time. If any one of them had called it out, if anyone had made a stance then, there would have been no insurrection. There would not be much of the negative things that we're seeing. Absolutely. So uh, Bridge MCP, uh, his father was from, uh, I, I think his father was a missionary in Mexico, and I think his father was born in Mexico. And uh, that was the reason why when I think his father went, went, ran for president, there was some issues there. But remember, uh, th this is the funny thing about birtherism, and, and I blame a lot of the media for this, and I blame all the people who should know. You are an American citizen if your mother is American. Okay, period, punto final. So if you were born in Panama and your mother was an American and you went to the embassy, you'll be a natural-born American citizen. If you're born in Nairobi and your mother was an American, you were uh, and, and you were you are considered a natural-born American citizen. If you are in Kenya, the place that they always accuse Obama, he's from Kenya, and your mother is uh, is an American, you are a natural-born citizen. So when birtherism came about and they wondered whether the, whether President Obama was born in Hawaii or was he born in Indonesia or was he born in Kenya, the, the, the point was always moot. We should have never discussed it because assuming that his mother from Kansas was his mother, he is a natural-born citizen. Now, Ted Cruz, that's a different story. Ted Cruz was born, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was born in Canada. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Guys, look this up. But I think he was born in Canada and became a naturalized citizen. But I think his mother may have been a, an Amer a naturalized American citizen already. Look it up. I did a piece on that a while back, and I forgot what the exact stuff was altogether. But you can look that up, guys. You can look that up. Look, we're almost at the half hour. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do my push reel now, folks. We do this stuff here and we try, what we do here at Politics Done Right is we try to create three to five blog posts every day, three, two to, two to five blog posts every day, two to five videos every day to do our part in populating the space, the internet space with the progressive message. Why do we need to do that? We have to do that to counteract the amount of paid people the right wing has out there Put in the message out. If you want to know why they can get 70-something million people that are misinformed, they have an engine to do that. You want to know why we don't have as much? First, we don't have as much money to put our stuff out. Second, we don't have as much people put in the material out. Well, a lot of us are doing it now. A lot of us are forming these small media companies, independent media companies, because, again, remember, the, the major cor corporations own ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, and all these others as well, so they don't get the latitude that we get. But in order for us to continue doing this, we do need your support. So what I ask you, if you are watching us on YouTube right now, just click that Join button, become a member right now, and if you become a member right now, it's cheap, 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 right? Bridge is called the PDR Posse. 
by Breach MCP. She's the one who named it. So I've, I've declared Breach MCP the leader of our PDR Posse, and she's been doing a great job. In fact, she's done such a great job that she designed a cup. That cup there, designed by Breach MCP, she sent me the design, and we went and put it out. And guess who told me? We just put that out. And guess who told me? I just got my cup. I just got my cup. This person here, one of our members as well, uh, Norman Reynolds, and he sent me this picture. He texted me this picture today, and he said, look, my cup came in today, and I'm drinking it. So I'm asking you, a lot of you bought the cups already. Those of you who bought the cups, send me a headshot like, like uh, Norman has there so that I can put it up. Please, a lot of you guys don't like to do that kind of stuff. So I'm begging you, I'm asking you, I'd like to see my peeps with, uh, I'd like to see my peeps with my stuff, with, with, with our stuff. I hear me saying, my stuff. Hear me saying my stuff. It's not my stuff. It's our stuff. Okay? So come on, guys. Send me your pictures with the, with the, with the, the, the new mug that we have there. And if you want to get that new mug that uh, Breach MCP designed, and uh, we, st we are starting to put out here to help us out here as well, that is the link to get the cup. That is the link to get the cup. So check it out there. Hey, um, but anyhow, let me get through this quickly so we can get back to the program. Um, if you are not on YouTube right now, you can still become a part of our YouTube posse by going to politicsandright.com slash YouTube. I just placed a link in the feed as well, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. If you want to support us otherwise, you can support us by becoming what's called a patron. That is the link right there, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can also support us by going to our PayPal. That is politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. And I've just placed that in there as well. Uh, our book, that book that you see on the screen right now, it's called It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right Way, Neighbors, Families, All That Good Stuff. It's a book that I wrote about how do we engage the other side because we are one plus, I mean, 50 plus one is not enough for us to get good policy. We need to bring in our, our Republican brothers and sisters and we have to be able to communicate with these guys. So what I did is I wrote a book that says how the, the success that I've had in working with people from all strides and that's what that book is all about. If you want to get that book, which I ask you to do so kindly. Uh, that's the Amazon link that I've just added to the screen. But you can also go to our store, Eliminate the Middleman, and get that book or any one of our books, including the book that I have called uh, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom. Learn about patents and all of that and how our system actually screws us. Okay, that was, was that three minutes? I got it under three minutes. Let's get busy with now the rest of the program. Okay. Right now, because of what's going on with the, uh, with the insurrection, because of what's going on in the party with a lot of people thinking the party, oh, it looks like I got a call. Let me go ahead and bring the call in. Uh, come on in, caller. I, I, I'm sorry, just it's to the side of my eye and it looks like my peripheral vision is not the best. You're on 828. Hi, Egberto. This is Hope. How hope, are you doing? Hope, my beautiful Hope. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Are you catching any of the impeachment trial? You know something, Hope? I watched it from the beginning, and I'm going to tell you something, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I thought I had seen all the videos, but the way they put that thing together with the videos and the outtakes, etc., it was piercing, and it actually had a physical effect on me when I watched it. I don't know about you, but it had right. a physical effect on me. 
Incredible. But I'm telling you, the distinguished congressman from the second district of the great state of Colorado oh. did not disappoint. My God, was he on point or what? Joe Nagoose, brilliant, personified, I, I, in my opinion. But you know, you know what was even greater about it to me, Hope, is, you know, you know that the guy is very, very, he knows his law very, very well. But he brought it down to a level that I could understand. Yeah. Oh, very graphic and very eloquent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what's your thoughts so far? So I'm just thinking that the guys that are trying to defend Trump are from a Ron Howard 1960s movie about astronauts and I say broom them and bring Amanda Gorman to the floor immediately oh my you know, God. to just kind of set the whole tone because <laughs> she's the hero. I don't know if you've seen the cover of Time Magazine but if you haven't, go check that out. I haven't seen it but yeah, I, I, I wrote a, a, blog, a couple of blog posts about her, you know, because I mean you know she had a speech impediment and I hadn't known about the speech impediment after I saw the, um, the, the, the tape that she did on the inauguration day. But my God, mm-hmm. uh, I've listened to a yeah. lot of her older stuff. And it's amazing what this girl writes. It's amazing. Yeah, she's incredible. Yes. She's incredible. But anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump off. I just was hoping that you um, had seen... Congressman Joe Neguse's yes. um, opening because I really thought that that was incredible. It was it was top notch. Thank you, Hope. Keep listening. Keep let, look. We're going to get this stuff done. Okay, my friend. Alrighty. Take care Bye-bye. now. Bye bye. All right, guys. That was Hope. She's written a couple of blogs for polit- for politics and right on the EgbertoWillis.com site. She's great. How you guys are doing? Anyhow, um. Uh, the last clip we showed, the, the clip that I want to show right now is what uh, what's happening to the Republican Party. And the thing about, well, I have a lot to say in there, so I'm going to just leave it for the piece to say. Check this out. I want to be extraordinarily honest. I want more than one party. I want there to be several parties. In fact, I think a duopoly is likely just a bit better than a monopoly of parties. In other words, I want a Democratic Party. I want a Republican Party. I want a Progressive Party. I want a Libertarian Party. I want a Green Party. I want all these parties having equal access to the platform, equal access to the Senate, equal access to all the houses of Congress and around the country. Because I think that's how you get the best ideas. I think my ideas are great. You think your ideas are great. Let's put them together and see what we can take the greatness out of each of them and come out with something better. But we got to start somewhere. And the problem in America right now is we are not leading on to several parties. What we're doing is having a decline in parties, actually in both parties. But of course, it's more drastic in the Republican Party. If you look at the Democratic Party with the progressives and the centrists, uh, I think they really belong in two different parties. I think I belong in a party that's a progressive party, but the, the machination, the instrumentation, the logistic isn't there built in for that. And that is what we should be striving for, a multi-party system where it forces then everybody to build alliances of every kind. But anyhow, uh, 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 Chuck Todd 
presented something that I thought was worth mentioning because it shows a decline. When I say the party is declining, it shows a decline of the Republican Party. Check this out. In the weeks since the January insurrection at the Capitol, there have been a raft of stories about voters across the country leaving the Republican Party. And that's led to questions about whether the party itself is shrinking nationally. Look, we don't know that for sure, but we do have a sense in a few battleground states. Let's just take a look. Uh, just in January, close to 8,000 Republicans in North Carolina left the party. In Arizona, 9,000 left the party. And check this out. More than 12,000 Republicans in Pennsylvania, all in only a month, have left the party. But it's more than just January 6th. This trend has been a long time in the making, and it is part of a bigger political realignment. We took some data from our NBC News poll from 2010 and 2020 to look at the profiles of the two major parties over that decade time period. Since 2010, you'll see this not being a surprise, the percentage of self-identified Democrats without a college degree has declined by seven points, while the percentage of those with a college degree has grown by six points. On the other side of the aisle, it's essentially a story in reverse. The percentage without education beyond high school has climbed by seven points, despite the fact that there are fewer of those actual voters in total now than there were in 2010. And the percentage with at least a college degree among Republicans has declined by five points. And we see changes in the gender gap as well. Democrats have long been a party where women outnumber men. But the difference has grown. Check this out. In the last decade, self-identified Democrats have gone from 58% female, 42% male in 2010, double-digit difference, to look at this, 61% of the party is now female, and only 39% uh, is male in 2020. And self-identified Republicans, which were once evenly split between the two genders in 2010, they've become decidedly more male. In fact, in 2020, the self-identified Republicans were 46% female versus 54% male. And remember, there are more women than men overall. So together, all these shifts mean Republicans are facing a challenge. The more the party becomes the party of Trump, the more it draws from a shrinking population of people without a college degree and men instead of women. In other words, it's grabbing a larger share of a smaller pot. Interestingly, we take a look at Steve Schmidt, one of the one of the strategists, the Republican strategists, that simply had to bolt from the party because he realizes that there was only one party in America right now that stood for democracy. But the truth is, Steve Schmidt, great guy, but very conservative. He's not a good fit for the Democratic Party in as much as he is now a part of the Democratic Party. And people say, oh, we have a big tent. Yes, you have a big tent. But what happens with a big tent is... Uh, you still have everybody coalescing onto something that is, doesn't necessarily make the most sense. So I could see uh, Steve Schmidt in a real conservative party with conservative ideas. I could see others that really feel they don't belong in a centrist party with let somebody with a mansion from West Virginia sitting down and saying, I want to be in a a progressive democratic socialist party or something of that nature. We need more parties. We need more people coming up with ideas to come out with solutions. Your thoughts on that? We Yes, your thoughts on that. Your thoughts on that. Your thoughts on that. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Anyhow, um, the, <laughs> the, next, the next clip that I wanted to show is 
Remember, we did uh, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney showing that, uh, you know, I want to be a serious contender. I am serious about what I'm talking about now. And uh, I think we have to be very, very conscious that Donald Trump is not good for America, etc. But of course, he was begging for Donald Trump's endorsement. Of course, when Donald Trump endorsed him, he actually used some of the birther movement uh, platitudes from Donald Trump. And then, of course, he almost became uh, somebody to run uh, Donald Trump. It actually embarrassed him because Donald Trump made him believe that he potentially could have been on his staff. And of course, he wasn't. Anyhow, well, who's the next person that I'd like to take a look at? Liz Cheney. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. I must admit doing a double take when I saw this one on Fox News. I'll go ahead and play it and then let's talk about it on the other side. But you will do a double take as well. The single greatest threat to our republic is a president who would put his own self-interest uh, above the Constitution, above the national interest. You know, we, we've had a situation where President Trump claimed for months that the election was stolen and then apparently set about to do everything he could to steal it himself. We've had a situation where President Trump claimed for months that the election was stolen and then apparently set about to do everything he could to steal it himself. Uh, and that ended up in an attack on the Capitol. Uh, five people killed that day. Uh, that's the kind of attack that can never happen again. I am in 100% agreement with Liz Cheney. I, I just have a question here, and I want all of you to engage your friends on the right in a very civil manner and ask them, had Donald Trump been a Democratic president and there was an insurrection against the Capitol and five people were dead, including three police officers, uh, the, would the party who talks about law and order, would the party who talks about Blue Lives Matter, would the party who cares more about the police officers more so than any negative actions they may take on people of the other, when they have been raising hell, when they have been talking about uh, these guys being traitors, when they have been doing these things, yes, they would. And justifiably, they would have had the right to do that. Now, it shouldn't be Democrats who want to prosecute Donald Trump solely. It should be every patriotic American, irrespective of ideology, irrespective of party, irrespective of everything. My question is, why is that not the case? And my second question is, why don't we or why aren't we rubbing it in as deep as possible? In other words, how can you support the killing of police officers? How can you support the attempt at a coup? How can you support an undemocratic action by a president and by those who support him? So please, let's stay engaged and let's keep the, let's keep the fire burning under this issue because this is not a partisan issue. This is an issue of existential threat to the United States of America. Existential threat to the United States of America. Let me go ahead and play the last video so that we can, I can get into kind of scrolling through and saluting all my great people that are here. So here's the last video. 
This is a must-see on GPS. Farid Zakaria did a perfect analysis of how the, the GOP became what it is today. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. The real big lie at the heart of the modern Republican Party, though, is about public policy, not conspiracy theories. Since the 1930s, Republicans promised their voters the repeal of FDR's New Deal. When the next Republican president, Dwight Eisenhower, did nothing of the sort, the modern conservative movement emerged, furiously branding Ike a traitor. When LBJ enacted the Great Society, conservatives pledged that once elected, they would tear it all down and never did. Ronald Reagan launched his political career by denouncing Medicare as a direct path to socialism. If passed, he famously warned, You and I are going to spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Of course, as president for eight years, Reagan left Medicare largely intact and actually ended up expanding the program. In the early 1990s, House leader Newt Gingrich doubled down on a rhetoric of radicalism and extremism. Revolution and described political opponents as the embodiment of evil who win only because they lie and cheat. Ted Cruz follows the same strategy today still. His 2016 platform included promises to repeal Obamacare, abolish the IRS, and balance the budget. Plans that he knew could never get enacted but they were just the right red meat for the base. He treats his supporters like cannon fodder, whipping them into hysteria and sending them into battle. The Republican Party endlessly crowed about repealing and replacing Obamacare, only to come to power without any viable plan, and then quickly accommodated itself to the reality it had vowed to overturn. This entire decades-long strategy has led millions of Republicans to feel cheated and lied to by their leaders, creating an atmosphere of paranoia and suspicion toward anyone who is not utterly extreme. It also feeds the notion that true conservatism fails because of some kind of treason, betrayal, or collusion. It is a short and direct line from the tactics of Newt Gingrich to the January 6th Capitol riot. If you're looking for an alternative path for a conservative leader, one who even knows how to appeal to populist and nationalist sentiment, look at British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Johnson, who initially and badly bungled COVID-19, tackling the pandemic with much greater seriousness. He has been slowly but surely reshaping his party to make it more compatible with modern-day Britain. His cabinet is remarkably diverse, with two of the three most powerful positions filled by Asian Britons. Describing his plans for big spending during the pandemic and after, Johnson admits... It sounds like a new deal. Breaking up is hard to do, but when it comes to your wireless carrier, you should have left a while ago. You're over the big three carriers. You deserve better. Xfinity Mobile. Now you can get unlimited with 5G included for just $30 a month on the nation's fastest, most reliable network. So break free from the big three and save with Xfinity Mobile. Take the savings challenge at XfinityMobile.com slash MySavings to see how much you can save when you get Xfinity Mobile and Internet together. Reduced speeds at 20 gigabytes per line. Most reliable based on RootMetrics U.S. report. Results vary, not an endorsement. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. All I can say is, if that is so, 
then that is how it's meant to sound and how it's meant to be. Because that is what the times demand. A government that is powerful and determined and that puts its arms around people at a time of crisis. We will build, build, build. Build back better, build back greener, build back faster. If Republicans are searching for a conservatism that can work in the modern era, they should first stop lying to their own voters. Then they could look to examples like Britain to bring their party into the world of facts and reality. That was great. Now, I differ with Farid Zakaria with one thing. He makes it seem as if the lie that they tell the American people is that they're going to repeal something that they won't. I think it's deeper than that. The lie that they tell the American people is that government doesn't work. The lie that they tell the American people is that progressive policies that Americans really need and actually that Americans say they want is somehow detrimental to the economic system or create some sort of a communist government. That is the real lie. Not that they are going to repeal policy. They know that they can't repeal policy because when Americans see the reality of the repealing of those processes, those policies, they would react and not react very well. So instead, they pump them up with lies. And when the lies don't materialize, they have to create conspiracy stories. And that's what we get. However, we look at uh, Boris Johnson in Britain and he acknowledges what all progressives know and he does it without saying it. Build back better. Build back greener. Have a powerful government that can hug its population when they are in need. He is describing what it is to be a progressive. Forget about the other issues about what he thinks of internationally. Forget about the other issues about what he thinks ideology, ideologically. We don't care about somebody's personal ideology. We care about how they affect a government to work for the people. And those values that do that are progressive values. And when you see a Boris Johnson sound like a Johnson from America like a Roosevelt from America, like a now Biden for America to some extent, as he says, I am not going to allow you to decide how we spend for the best, in the best interests of the American people. After all, under the policies of Democrats over the last hundred years, that is when America's economy has been successful by more than two times that of Republican governments. So, Republicans, Farid Zakaria, heat is warning. Unfortunately, I doubt that will happen. Yes, 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 yes. Anyhow, my dear brothers and sisters, that's it for all the videos. So now I get to do what again? Talk to you. Anyhow, let's see. Going, going through Eric Hayes, do you think we will get inflation soon? The answer to that is, Absolutely not. To get inflation, Eric, you have to have more money chasing products, right? But right now we have a shortage of products to be chased by. All right, I'm sorry, a shortage of uh, of money to chase products. Look, look what happens. We have a lot of supply. We can build a lot of things very fast. Okay. What happens right now is people don't have enough money in their hands. 
if we put more money in the hands of people, we can start getting rid of that imbalance. There's an economist called Stephanie Kelton. She estimates that there's between a 600 to 800 billion dollar slack in the economy. That is that's for that that was before the pandemic. So think about that. With a a slack in the economy, that means we could inflate. We could in, we could just throw we could just throw 800 billion dollars back then into the economy. Right now we can probably throw 3 4 trillion dollars into the economy and have zero effects on inflation and you know why? Because uh, we have enough people to build what we need. Uh, let's see. Eric says, need jobs and economy work, right? Need jobs and economy. Absolutely so. Uh, Bridge, one supply we don't have is a supply of vaccine. Yeah, and that is because of capitalism. If in, in all, thing, all else being equal, from the time that they found out that these virus, these, uh, these particular things work, they would have built 20 factories, 30 factories, right? Like the Chinese went and started building hospitals like that. That's what they did. They started building hospitals like that. And what happened when they did that? If you, you can go to uh, uh, Hunan province right now, and you can find they're living like normal because they hit the problem with the appropriate response. It wasn't a capitalist uh, a break on them. The capitalist break says... How are we going to make money out of that? Uh, since we are for the most efficient uses of resources, uh, we can't do that because after that factory is built, if the if virus burns out itself, that is a factory that's left idle. If they, uh, and so that's not efficient. So remember, capitalism cares about capital, right? And the efficient use of it. Now, it didn't say the humane use of capital. It said the efficient use of capital. The efficient use of, of capital many times can be at the detriment of humanity. And that's what we have here with the vaccine. From the time we knew we had a viable vaccine, from the time we knew how to build one factory to create these vaccines, we could have built, we could have ordered 10 factories at the same time throughout the country, concurrently built. But that is inefficient in a capitalist world. It's, it's humane, but inefficient. And that's why we are suffering in the, in, in the world. Whereas a China can say, oh, we need hospitals. We'll build 100 hospitals right now. And when we no longer need them, we tack them up with wood and close them down. We don't think like that because that is very inefficient under the belief, under the technical term of how we run an economy. The thing about it is we can change the rules, right? We could easily say, build everything and change the rules of the game. Economies are man-made. And notice I said man-made. If, 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 if I added woman-made, it would have been a lot better because they would see the humanity that needed to be a part of capitalism. In other words, humanity first and every business and everything around humanity. But that's not how we think. That's not how we think. Think about it. When you say, I want to give a tax cut, how is that going to affect business? I want to give a, a pay raise so people don't live a bit below the poverty line, but how is that going to affect business? That is how we think. We've learned to think like that from we were young, and it, it's inculcated in our minds, and until we get around that way of thinking, where we start thinking humanity first, we are constantly got pandemics will be a dime a dozen. And the reason why 
is because. Okay, the Trump administration ordered 100 million doses of uh, enough for 50 million people from the U.S. multinational, but passing up the opportunity to buy a second batch. Yeah, but the truth of the matter is, they should have, from the time they had a drug, they should have started building stuff. But they didn't. They didn't. Again, all right, let me continue. Welcome aboard, uh, Bridge MCP, Julie Van Hostel. Welcome aboard, Tank 28. Uh, High Coop 33. High Coop 33. Republicans negotiate for less than vote against the bill anyway. Eggs, you hit the nail on the head. That's why I told you he better not be negotiating. Uh, let's see, Eric says, what about getting them to old people first? That is not actually going on. Yeah, actually, old people are getting it first. It is going on. Actually, that is happening. When you see a lot of young people get it, it's because it's sometimes leftovers. But no, it, it is. Look, the distribution is going fine in a lot of places. Uh, you know, where there are problems, there are problems. I, don't, I, I signed up. I don't know when I'm going to get mine, but, you know, anyhow. Uh, Mark Smith, welcome aboard. I think you're from England. Eric Hayes, welcome aboard. Julie Van Hostel, welcome aboard. Uh, who else haven't I called yet? Let me keep going up. Keep going up. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver quién más está aquí. I've got Julie already. Uh, Tank 28 I got. Okay, I'm keeping going up. Uh, well, my eyes are doing me in right now. Uh, wow, you guys are talking a lot. Uh, Lawrence Sims, welcome aboard. I think I saw Paul as well, right? Um, para ver, para ver, going up, going up. I've got to get all my people in. All of you are my peeps, so I got to. Hey, by the way, don't don't worry. Uh, Tank Twenty Eight loves you, okay? Don't believe that because Tank Twenty Eight gives us a hard time. He doesn't love us, man. The guy's here every day. Does that tell you something? We're a family. You know, he may be the prodigal son, but he's my son. He's my prodigal son, right, Tank 28? Okay, let's keep going. Let's Ah, Pelosi number number one fan. I like I like the way he spelled number. Pelosi number one fan. I love that one. Good one, good one. Who's that? Give me your real name someday. Okay, let's see who else am I missing? King estoy. Paul Fleming, welcome aboard. Uh, who else is not hasn't been called out yet? Nanette Bird Smith, welcome aboard. Uh, who am I missing? Who am I missing? Kellix Emmanuel Rollier, welcome aboard. Michael Rodnin, welcome aboard. Mike W., welcome aboard. Uh, let's see. I think I got everybody. If I'm missing you, please send me a message. And when I go back to the bottom, I'll be able to call you out. All right. I think I'm close to the top. I think I made it to the top. I think I made it to the top. Now I'm going back to the bottom. See if anybody else that I didn't call signed in. Eric Hayes, my 83-year-old mother will get her second dose on Moderna vaccine on the 11th. She's in Arkansas. Uh, no, she's in Alaska. Minnesota is way behind because Trump hates our governor and shorted us our supply. That is so sad. Five trillion in spending this for how much will be in America for people? Uh, wait, let's see. Five trillion in spending this for how much will be in America for people to vote? When you see five trillion spent. It's not really five trillion dollars spent. That's not how the that's not how budget works in on the government side. Government has unlimited spending money, and government never ever ever has to pay back anything. They can just live on paying interest. Look, people don't understand that when you have a sovereign currency. Hey, Roberto, mi hermano favorito. Uh, when you have a sovereign currency, you can spend as much as you like. 
And like I said before, as long as you have enough product to service the amount of dollars in circulation, there is no inflation. As soon as you start to get inflation, you take the dollars out of circulation. And there are many ways to take dollars out of circulation, increasing the interest rate, increasing the demand deposit, and a lot of these other things. Debt by the government is very, very different than debt by a person. Please, Eric, again, the problem is we didn't learn these things in high school as we should. We learned this back in Panama. I learned about demand deposit and the control of the, the rate. If you want to know what's the most dangerous part of our economy, it is the stock market. The stock market has zero correlations. Well, not zero correlation. It has no real correlation with reality. It's a casino. It's a legalized casino. If there's anything to be worried about, that is what we should be worried about. I didn't realize I went over. Egberto, 100% authentic and truly loves todo el gente. Tú sabes que así es la vaina. Me gusta toda mi gente y todos ustedes son mi gente. Okay. Y mira, estaré en Univision hablando en español. Creo que va a ser el sábado. Así que Hago la grabación, creo que va a ser el jueves, así que no sé si voy a estar en vivo aquí el jueves, pero estaré en Univision, Canal 45. All right. So, yeah, what I'm trying to tell folks is I am supposed to be doing a Spanish program on uh, Univision 45. I think it's going to be Mi Comunidad or something like that on uh, Saturday, I believe, is when they are going to be showing it. So, anyhow... We are going to have a great time. Folks, I know you have places that you can go to. I really appreciate you coming here and spending some time with me. Please visit our store to see whatever you can uh, get there to support our programming. If you're on YouTube, I ask you so kindly to go ahead and click join to become a part of our PDR Posse. That makes you a part of the family, supporting the family to support what we do here. Uh, you can also become a patron by going to politicsandright.com slash patron. Patron is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N or support us via PayPal. You can support us via PayPal by going to politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Tomorrow I'll be able to let you know uh, when uh, I'm going to be appearing on Channel 45 here in Houston and the surrounding areas. Uh, I think I'm going to be doing a Spanish program uh, in Spanish on para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver, on 45, sometime in the morning on on uh, Saturday. Anyhow, folks, by the way, that was I, I'm going there to represent another group called the Houston Peace and Justice Center. Look it up, H hpjc.org, hpjc.org. I'm actually communication secretary for uh, HPJC. Anyhow, folks, have a great one. You know how I'm going to end this baby. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics and Right. And you know how I end this? I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. 
But now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.